What's going on, people, man? You're tuning into episode 11 of the It's Not Easy podcast, man. Um, we've got some new faces in the building. We've got um, Taviba and Kimoda. How you guys doing? Hi. Good, thank you. Can I chew on this Because <laughs> <laughs> I was chewing. And I stopped because I was like, wait, is it going to sound red? Don't yeah, okay. Oh, how you guys been, though? How's your week been? Good. It's been quite chill this week. It's obviously very cold. Mm. Very cold. How it's about you? If I'm honest, like the the like cold has been battering me like on the journeys into work. Yeah, it's really been getting me, man. Yeah, I work journeys. from home. Okay, so I have to force myself to leave to go on a walk because I'm so comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been battering me, man. Honestly, yeah. but I haven't been. <sighs> Guys, do you know what? It's because I used to work two days in the office and it was all right, but now mm. they've increased it to three, and I'm oh, oh three. Yeah, three. It hurts, and everyone's always up to me. Oh, you're so dramatic. It's only one extra day, but like. It take basically when you do two days a week, you have the majority of your time to like figure out what you're doing, whatever. Yeah. When it's three days, now it's like half and half. Yeah. And it just feels aggressive. Do they tell you what days to come in? No, no, thank God. But obviously, okay. no one's gonna come in on a Friday. Yeah. So then that limits you to Monday to Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So it's and like, like Monday no one's really doing Monday either. Yeah. So it's always Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's the thing. Like with me, um, with like the work from home thing, I'm I kind of like the balance of two. I think three is a bit. Pushing yeah, me a bit too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I think I'm too cool, but I'm overall um week so cool. Yeah, man. Good. Nice. How have you guys found the start to the year though? You know what? I this has been the best start of the year ever for me. Mm. I swear. In terms of like, I've actually stuck to everything that I've done so far. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> I think <laughs> she's like, I was no, do you know what it's because my story's different. <laughs> but you know what? I was I was very intentional about what I wanted to do this year, and I think I actually mm. I think the plan is, or like the aim should be to start from December. So I started my yeah. year from December because I I that, everyone goes in That's January and they're job. like, oh, I'm a new person. But it's like, no. Mm. So I've actually just like, also I work from home. So a lot of the things I want to do, it's just like, it's easy for me to do. So yeah. in terms of like working out and stuff, yeah. I feel like going to the gym when you are in the office, you've got to pick two days where you're not going in because it's just like hard and stuff. Yeah. Whereas like for yeah. me, I'm like, I'll just wake up and go. See, <sighs> Yeah, that's. I think that's what's throwing me off. <laughs> I think where I'm doing three days a week, I'm like, oh, I don't know whether to change my gym membership to near my workplace or yeah. to keep it to next to my house. Yeah. And then when to that, whereas when I was doing two days, it was easier for me to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to keep it next to my house. Three yeah. days I'm going to do at home. And then the other two are just like chill. But Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. Um, how do you guys like, in terms of, you know, your approach in a new year, um, are you guys like, Big on setting um, yearly goals. Absolutely. Yeah. I did my vision board, boys. <laughs> yeah. I did my vision board. Like, to. I'm very, very big on stuff like that. Like, yeah, I've always... Lo- <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I say they're intentions, not goals. Because if you look at the goals that I had last year towards June, I said, baby, yeah. 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 So I feel yeah. like it's good to have intentions. So I wrote down, I think, 12 mm. years. So like one for like every month if that makes sense okay yeah yeah, yeah. see i changed my approach a little bit this year because okay. what i used to do is every year i'd do like oh yeah my new year's resolutions blah yeah. blah blah mm. but now i've done so i'm turning how do I, i'm turning 28 this year Ooh, nice. so i did 28 things i want to do before i'm 28 I love oh, instead of cute. doing like yeah. it's every nice. january yeah. so it's it's alleviated the pressure, but what mm-hmm. I will say is, mm. you know, normally January first, you have new gym clothes. Yeah, <laughs> in the gym, yeah, yeah. I didn't do all of that. But I don't so. think that's bad because also I'm like a very big perfectionist, and 
in therapy, my therapist was like, you need to set your goals so low because you're reaching too high. So mm. for me, what I've learned is that like, I'm not someone who can go cold turkey, I have to build into a habit. Okay. So for me, I've said like, I want to work out more. So I said by June, I'd like to have three different types of exercises or go to the gym or whatever, three, three times. Yeah. So my goal for this month was literally to work out once a week which is such an easy goal yeah, yeah. and then next month will be twice a week and it's just like you build up yeah. like that yeah. rather That's than rather than being like i'm gonna work up five times a week because you've never done that before yeah do you know what one of my friends she saw this video on instagram and it was saying that you need to split up your goals in quarters. Yes. So rather than doing it from that. like January to December, like do it in quarters. That's and she cool. said that's really been helping her. So yeah. it actually makes a lot of sense. It does. Because how I do it, yeah. So like I kind of um I split my goals in like all different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. So obviously you have one in terms of like finances, like career and yeah. family and relationships and so on and so forth. And even like friendships as well. And then like I kind of split up in all these areas and I have like certain goals in each one of like yeah. so, like I um I guess essentially what I want to achieve like in that area of my life mm-hmm. and then I kind of just like work through it throughout I'm the year. the same, so I had like, I put different sections, I did yeah. like career, finances, family, yeah. Yeah. Same. So I'm not going to do relationships. I'm not going to do that. Let yeah. him take the world. But yeah, I just put it in different things and then I kind of see where I can be and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I feel, I said like 2024, I'm Dululu. Yeah, that's, that's all you could be. The Lulu, the Lulu, the Lulu, the Lulu. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, you're not a TikTok boy, are you? <laughs> no, the Lulu is basically it means delusion. Delu- yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. So the Lulu means solution. So, yeah, it's delusion is the solution. Wow. Okay, so if you don't know, you don't care. That's life. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got to be delusional, boy. The fair play, the fair play. Um, that's interesting though. I, I think yeah, I think it's twenty twenty four. It's about 20 days in now. I think it's been cool so far. We're growing, we're building. We're yeah, growing, we're building. Yeah, we're yeah. growing, we're building. Um, I did want to get into, so of course, during last year, you went um, freelance. Yeah. Um, I did want to speak about that. So, like, why or like, what, um, what kind of pushed you to make that um, jump or that like, move into the, Freelancing. Yeah, the freelance world? Mm, I feel like there were so many reasons, but I think the first one was I already knew that I wanted to change jobs when I got to the two-year mark anyway, whether or not I had a job or, or something else. Okay. But I feel like... So, I don't think a lot of people know this, but staff writers and a lot of journalists, some of them write five to eight stories a day. Okay. I was writing five stories a day. I said, there's no way I'm doing this again. So, mm. I was writing 25 stories a week. That is I was crazy. like... And it got to the point where, like, I stopped... I was... <coughs> I couldn't remember things. I said, I'm writing so much a day. I said, I just want more of like a, a switch up. Mm. So, yeah. So, is it, um, do you find now that like you have kind of more flexibility with the types of thing you write about and the amount you write now? Or is it still quite heavy? No, yeah. It's definitely, the thing with freelancing is that you have periods where it's like so much and then periods where I'm very chill. Mm. So, when I came out, it was like, bam, 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 very, very fast. And towards the end of the year, it slows down like everyone else. Yeah. And then January, we're still kind of picking up. So yeah. it kind of depends, basically. On the, like, agenda, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's happening. I did want to um, ask, so of course, um, you've written for, like, a lot of um, two titles in the UK. Um, I did want to ask, like, how do you kind of get into journalism and what kind of um, pushed you into that pathway? Oh, I love this question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so invested. <laughs> um, so, actually, before I wanted to be a journalist, I wanted to be an actress. Mm. Um, but that was only because I was a dramatic child. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, <laughs> you you channel the energy somewhere. Literally. Yeah. 
But in sixth form, I studied communications, which is basically like media, like social media. And we spoke a lot about like post-colonial theory. So basically mm. that is looking at the way that black people are re- represented in the media past after slavery. Okay. So it was literally all negative, as you presume. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want to try and change this, basically. Um, so I didn't know mm. there and then I wanted to be a journalist. I knew I wanted to work in the media. So I went to uni, studied media, but then I was head of news on my TV station, but also writer of the magazine. So it was between TV and writing. Oh, yeah. And then I just stuck with writing. And then I did all the unpaid internships. I did. I worked at the council at one point. I worked in marketing. And then eventually I just role yeah so, and it's yeah. built from there yeah, yeah. it's quite interesting though, like you know the i guess the um element of like internships and of course when a lot of them are um unpaid as well mm-hmm. for someone who like who wanted to get into the industry um would you still say um that's kind of the way to go like just get for food or even if it's unpaid just get going and <sighs> let's see where it goes i would never say that anyone should take an unpaid internship but I would say that I can see how my career has differed between people that didn't do that. Because mm. when you work in a newsroom, you actually see editors face to face and they know you and you know what story you can pitch to them and they'll always remember you. Yeah. So there's so many people that I am still in contact with from the unpaid internships. Yeah. So Invaluable, really. Yeah. 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 Just being in their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, that's quite interesting. So, of course, and then you um, it built from there. Um, how did the, like... The opportunity um how was going that so essentially during the pandemic sorry i was about to say panny d yeah. the pandemic. <laughs> um, during the uh. pandemic basically um i just started pitching to huff post mm. um like articles and stuff and then the role came about and because i'd really worked with the editor before i think that gave me a leg up um that helps, yeah so yeah i applied it was four stages Oh god! Was, like towards the end, I said, "Please, I'm on my knees." <laughs> That's quite interesting. So, with um journalism, like the recruitment processes, mm-hmm. how is that UD like? Is it quite um rigorous? I guess it depends on the. It never used to be, but now it is. So basically, the first stage was the manager and like the, the other person I'd be working with, and the second stage was were two other people in the company, and the third stage is writing stage. It's always writing stage, yeah. and the fourth stage was with the editor in chief. Mm. Yeah. So, and so that went well, and then you just started growing and building from there. Yeah, yeah. So I was there for two years, basically. Yeah. I remember doing that for you. I did. You still try to get through to you, man. Always. I'm sorry. Nah. <laughs> do you know what? I got bone to pick with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, it happens. Yeah, like, that so, happens. And obviously, um, I always hear like a lot of um journalists speak about the like amount of emails they get a day, and like. How bad that like, can it really get? Uh, on my when I left, I was on nine thousand emails. Nine thousand. Yes, that, like I got one hundred fifty emails a day. So that's why that's why you like, I have a bridge. I haven't seen the email. That's you know what? I still so use mental. you as a warm lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the client, we've got a warm lead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, please all the time. Do it. Please do, but no, seriously, you don't know how many times I've heard that. We've like, oh, I've been trying to email you. I'm like, bruv, I've probably seen it, but I just and also you have to imagine. The amount of emails, the amount of articles I'm writing, I just don't yeah, know. It's just too much. Yeah. yeah. Too and much. then did a lot of people call you as well? 
that one I nipped in the bud. There's no yeah. way you're gonna like. There's absolutely no way someone tries to come in at six o'clock because then you out of your bloody AM PM. Oh PM. That's yeah, bad. I'm not okay. It's after working no. hours. And also, I think the reason why it's bad is because I don't have a work phone. This is my personal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like and that's it, the thing. And yeah. that's why, like, this is the first time. So I deactivated my Twitter and I'm off Instagram for like the month of January. Yeah. This is the first time I've been able to deactivate in two years. I've always been online. You have so to be in it, yeah. Yeah, because I have to be, and it really shifts your relationship with the internet it and does. your phone. Mm. Like, I realised I just couldn't relax. Yeah. yeah. Because I was always thinking, what's the story? Yeah. 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 You always, like, you kind of um, always feel like you've got to be out to the streets almost. Like, you've got to know what's happening, you've got to yeah. know what's going on. Now, so, like, I guess from, like, uh, the perspective of, like, someone who wants to um, get in touch with you, like, the amount of stats or data, wherever it is, like, how do you like to be approached then? As a, as a journalist? I feel like it's less about how when we approach and just if it is um, applicable to me. Because some of the things people send me, I'm like... Yeah, it's just... Buddy, yeah. this ain't got... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's less about that. I think it's just more so... Like, I can tell when someone actually researches me and, like, mm. it's like, oh, okay, she would like this. And when someone's just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to send it to her. The worst is when they email you with the wrong name. I'm like, oh... Mm, and they no, email you back, like, oh, I'm sorry, but I know because... You're pitching the way that I'm pitching. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, it happens. Yeah, so true. I think it's quite interesting when you um you think about it like that. I did also want to explore like you know the whole I guess um topic of like the journalism industry and how well it is that like, um how well it pays. So I've always said, like a lot of people always say I always hear people say like I mean might be a journalist but like it was so hard to break through and, and in terms of like. And the pay, um, in comparison to other industries, it just didn't really make sense. Like, um, what's your um, point of view on that? Oh, I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> because it's so funny, because I get, like, so many people come up to me and be like, oh, I want to be a journalist. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'd say I got paid quite well because I was working for an American company. Okay. But the issue that I'm having now is because I got paid a certain salary. Basically, the salary I got paid was the salary of specific editors. Okay. So now, when I'm going into jobs, like for example, I applied for a job last week and they came back and they're like, oh, just to let you know, the salary is 26K for a job that I already did for six years. I said, oh, no. I, I said, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to take that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very difficult because in America, journalists get paid. Like, yeah, they so get paid like 100K or like 70K. Mm. They get paid really, really well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's another factor as to why people don't really want to get into journalism because the pay can be quite awful sometimes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's some places like that pay you well, especially if you're a broadcast journalist, you get, you get money. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Do you know, I think it's the same with PR as well. And I think yeah. where where in PR journalism you get caught at like certain events and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it looks like you're getting paid way more than you are. Yeah. But I do think that is why those industries have always kind of been reserved for white people because mm. it's like, if you don't really need the money and you're just doing it for the sport, then yeah. like it's fine. It's cool. yeah. But it's like if you if you want to be paid your worth, sometimes like, yeah. it gets a bit yeah. That and also I think not we with PRs but with journalists, I feel like some of them don't mind the pay because they get to go on press trips. They better yeah. they get free stuff. They so it's just like stuff. cool, yeah. I get paid for AK, but like my last colleague, we went to the Maldives. Like, are you really gonna complain? Like, yeah, it's true. You get so, a lot of free perks in um, the journalism. Yeah, you that's do. one thing. I, I don't remember the last time I paid for a concert, boy. Like, <laughs> so what's the best like perk you've had? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. The best perk 
I went to see Kendrick Lamar in a box of O2. Oh, oh that's nice. nice. Like, that's big. That was sick. That's what was the worst? Worst part? One <laughs> that you got and you was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't actually know, you know. Mm. I feel like everything that I've got has been quite good. Yeah. Um, actually, also another cool perk. I don't know if it's well, partly, but yeah, Twitter sent me a shirt with a t- my tweet on it. So, you know, I was talking oh, before cute. about like, how yeah. I tweeted about how dating someone from the other side of London is a long distance relationship. They sent me that. So I've actually oh, got a t- t-shirt nice. with it. So nice. I remember walking around and someone said, is that you? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm famous. <laughs> no, that is really good. That, um, I think the perks, yeah, um, I do think you're right in terms of like, the perks really do like add to it. That's why like you get a lot of journalists, like if you, let's say on the PR side, and you work for like quite a big brand, you always get journalists reaching out, oh, is it possible mm-hmm. I get this or um, a discount on that or like a product or whatever? So it does kind of um, it, it does kind of make sense. Wait, Sam, what was your best perk? As, as At what? working in PR. Oh, as in that I've given to somebody. No, that you've. Actually, you know what? Both that you've given to someone and that you've received. Um, we don't get perks in PR, but I've given a few, a few nice ones. Okay, what have you given? Like, I mean, Brit Awards was a perk. No, we were sitting oh, front oh, row. Oh, yeah. so you mean, okay, now I get what you mean. Okay, yeah. cool. Brits was a good perk. Yeah, really, really good perk because that was um, I got to see like quite a few um of the artists that I really enjoyed, like yeah. Dave and Little Sims and stuff like that. I really enjoyed them. In terms of the other side of giving, it might have to be what we did with um with Mastercard. Oh, what UEFA Champions League? Oh, I want oh yeah, and that whole <laughs> gift pack. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually a really cute gift pack. That whole gift pack. So like um. So the head of the Brits, and we're working with a few um, influencers, and we gave them like it was kind of like a gift pack of AirPods and a few other gifts. I think that was quite good because mm. think about it, AirPods are like, over hundred quid, yeah. so I think that's. I think that's quite and it good. came with a little vinyl. It was yeah. like a little personalized vinyl. Yeah. So we took a picture from their Instagram, got it put on the vinyl, and it had like the little um, soundtrack thingy at the back. Yeah, yeah. I it was think really it was cute. quite nice. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, but on the um topic that we just touched on, um, are you guys like big on? change your roles every like fairly often or what's kind of your point of view on that in terms of to get your value um i feel like you should change a job when you stop learning mm. so whatever point that is then you've got a dip i don't think you should leave so often but yeah yeah i think when you stop learning then you need to go mm. do you know what i hate being new at a job it's yeah. it is just it just it really like, yeah. it makes yeah. me cringe like i hate being new and everyone treats you like you don't know what you're doing yeah. granted you don't yeah. But yeah i just i hate that whole process mm. but on your point i also think especially when you're in your 20s like there's nothing wrong with leaving a job when you're bored mm. if you're like yes. you know what it's just not given anymore yeah. then you just you move on because i feel like if you stay in the hopes that like you know maybe it gets better or maybe you i'm gonna yeah, yeah. Make, yeah all that stuff I don't know, it does, it stumps your growth a little bit. And I, I mean, everyone knows that you are always going to make more leaving a company than being within your company. Because they don't know how much you're on at the moment. So you can, you know, inflate the numbers a little yeah. bit. Whereas <laughs> in your own company, they know how much you're willing to work for already. That's so true. So yeah. there's only so much more so you can much. make. Unless you do something crazy, but yeah. that's what happens for everybody. Isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, that's yeah. quite true. Yeah, it's so true because the value. And of course, um, someone... In, I think I heard it like the other week. Actually, to be fair, it might have been last year. But someone said that like companies always have a much um, larger budget for um, hires than do for promotions. It's just how it goes. It yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Like, so like you're always gonna kind of um, have that. But um, I did want to get this, like kind of get into your like World of Food archives mm-hmm. like thing that you do on TikTok. Yeah, 
and um, quite a few of them are interesting. And one that I did find quite cool was the element regarding learning your mother tongue. Yeah. And like, because that's something I've kind of thought about a lot because growing up for me, mm-hmm. I lived, of course, um, lived in my household, were Nigerian Yoruba, mm-hmm. but my parents didn't speak Yoruba to us. Yeah. So like, I didn't learn it. Mm. But obviously, um, in my church and stuff, mm-hmm. we um, we were in there. So oh, nice. you pick up some things there, but you, like you get quite a few um, instances where, like, you just don't know what they're talking about, exactly. <laughs> and you're having to try to like, yeah. um, um, almost like, figure that out and navigate that. Mm-hmm. So from your point of view, like, how have you found that um, experience in your lifetime? Yeah, it's very difficult. I literally had that yesterday. I went to a Congolese event and people were speaking Lingala, and I was like. <laughs> I don't understand what you guys are saying. Yeah. Um, and it's a difficult one because I feel like people shame you for not knowing your language, and it's mm. like, well, it's not my fault if you want to shame someone, shame my parents. <laughs> exactly. But it's also I don't necessarily blame them because I think for a lot of our parents they were in survival mode. Mm. So for them it's very much just like provide, make sure your kids are healthy, get them into good education. So being intentional about teaching us our culture was probably at the back of the, their minds. Yeah. Which isn't, like, a great thing, but it's probably, it's just it's what it, happened. It? So, yeah. yeah, now I really am motivated to learn my language because yesterday I just felt like I was, it was yeah. a bit of a loss. You felt like, you do kind of feel a bit, um, a bit left out. Um, mm-hmm. Is it something that you're going to be um, intentional about passing on to, like, children and, and Definitely. generations? But it's a difficult one because in Congo there are so many languages the same as Nigeria, but it's yeah. different because I'm from two tribes, so there's that, and also it's just, like, I'd speak to my immediate family in one language and then my the rest of my family in a different language, so I feel like I'm forced <laughs> to learn three, so that's why it's... That's so interesting. So in, um, in the, like, Congo culture, like, how many languages, like, are um, predominantly spoken? There are five main languages in Congo, which are French, Swahili, Kokongo, Lingala... Okay. And I don't know if it's Chiluba, but yeah, so my mum speaks six or five. Wow. But her first language is Swahili, so I'd speak to her side of the family in Swahili or French. Yeah. My dad's side of the family would be Chiluba or Lingala, mm. so it's long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't because um, I had a friend um, at university, he was from Congo, and he used to speak um, Lingala, mm-hmm. his friends a lot. Yeah. And it always sounded quite interesting hearing yeah, it. It's a, it's a loud language. It reminds me of Yoruba. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very, um, it's loud. But it's interesting. Yeah, because, like, I do think it is a big thing. And to, to be fair, I think it's something that I've had to, like, be a bit more um, intentional about learning as I got older. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Like, um, I don't know. Keeping your ears open and showing, okay, or, like, I ask a lot of questions. So, like, mm-hmm. around my dad or, like, around my brother. I'll ask him, oh, like, what did that mean? What did that yeah. mean? Or, like, if something was said in church, that's quite interesting. So, in my church, is mostly English. Yeah. But you get some people who are just conk Yoruba, innit? Yeah. So, when they do, <laughs> so like, um, when they do their, like, sermon or, like, prayer session, it's going to be Yoruba. Mm-hmm. So, um, you do, like, um, you get a lot of that. So, sometimes you just don't um, understand what's going on. Exactly. But um, we do try that with, like, um, translators and stuff, and we do try, and, and it's something that's getting better, but mm-hmm. it's, um, it's an interesting thing. And, of course, the... The element um, that we saw when Adiola went to Nigeria oh, and how, exactly, yeah. and how like, a lot of people were like were shaming her. her, and I think her year was cool. Like she yeah. was re- like it was good. Like it was yeah, like it was clear. Yeah, yeah to us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh, to us, honestly, to us. But like it's still like um, and she's trying. Someone trying. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's another aspect. A lot of us don't want to speak our languages because we're embarrassed. It's, got yeah. it's not going to sound 
good and it won't sound good at the start. That's what I um, unless we have to practice and it feels so quick, like I'm a perfectionist, it feels so cringe getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Get it wrong, but that's the only way you can learn. You feel like an amateur, innit? You feel exactly. like, oh gosh, the novice. Yeah. Exactly. No, um, it is interesting. And um, in regards to like the whole, um, another element that I saw um, in your series was the whole conversation of like going back home. Mm. Because there was like a recent like conversation I think on Twitter about how like, oh, if you can go to all the countries in Europe, but you can't go back to your motherland, like you're kind of like, you're kind of taking the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's kind of your point of view on that? Because personally, like, I'll be real, like, I've traveled like a fair amount mm-hmm. and I've been to Nigeria. Yeah. So like, um, what's kind of your point of view on that? I feel like it's so nuanced. There's so many reasons why people haven't been back home. Mm. Um, and like for a lot of black Brits, they come from working class communities. So a lot of us, don't haven't had the experiences of going to on holiday. Yeah. So when you get your first big boy job, you want to go to Ibiza, <laughs> yeah. you want to go to all these places. You don't particularly want to go back home, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm. And also, some people are not close to their family, so where you so go, true. and some of our parents don't want to go back home. And I wouldn't go to Congo without my mum. So exactly. you know, my mum yeah. hasn't been back to Congo for twenty years. She only went back for the first time last year. Yeah. Um, and I do want to go back this year, like as, as a priority, but. Yeah. Yeah, like you the kind of like with me, of course, like you always hear about like the um the issues going on back home and of course mm-hmm. some like um safety issues and so on and so forth. But I think overall, like if I were to think about it, like what is stopping me from wanting to go back to Nigeria, I would say one, at the price. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. Very <laughs> and two, I'm just not sure where I'd operate because in Nigeria like is it, well, to be fair, certain places are more, like, you could say, um, commercialised now. So, like, in Lagos or in Lekki, where it's, like, it will feel like you're in, almost, like, in London, like, mm-hmm. with all the establishments and so on yeah. and so forth. But I'd feel like you've got to be with people that, like, know the area, that know things. Absolutely. So, it's a lot harder to plan um, as opposed to, like, a trip to, like, a, a motor or farm. Yeah, because, you know, you can just go. Exactly. And especially if you're staying with family, it's not a holiday. It's not <laughs> Do a holiday. you know what I mean? Um, there's so many, there's so many, it's so nuanced. Mm. So I feel like you can't really shame people. Um, especially if, for example, you're going back to your country, but you're staying in a hotel, staying in a resort. You're not really going back home, are you? Yeah. Like, you're really, back, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think it's I think it's something that I will try to um, do soon, though. I think... Um, have you been back to your... Never. Before? Never? No, oh, wow. So I want to. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like a matter of fact, actually, mm. so, yeah. So what's been, like, in your point of view anyway, like, the... I guess the biggest factor of you not going? Because my mum hadn't gone. Okay. And obviously a safety thing as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't going to go without my mum, so... <laughs> yeah, she ain't like, going, I ain't going, basically. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm 10, like, 10 years old. Why am I going to go to Congo by myself? Exactly, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's actually been... That my mum hasn't gone, so I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um also like and this is um a story that I've seen quite a lot in the past year. But of course, and um you touched on it as well about how um and the cost of living crisis is having a huge impact mm-hmm. of course on everybody. Yeah. But more so on like single people as oh, opposed yeah. to their um couple dot counterparts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um that's just really interesting. Yeah. But to be fair, I guess it makes sense though, right? It does, but I guess people don't talk about it. Because even when I was looking back at the article, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is like £7,000. Staggering, isn't it? Yeah, that people pay, single people pay in terms of rent and bills compared to people in relationships. Like even me just wanting to go on holiday, 
Like my friend wants to go to Lisbon by mm. herself in a week in the summer. It's like seven hundred pounds for a hotel. It's Golly. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and it was interesting because when I posted that, I was seeing a lot of people saying that they are purposely dating so they can get someone to split the red with. Which then just like speeds up your process, means you you might miss loads of red flags on someone because oh, you're just, so like, I just want you to move in with me. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, I saw someone say that that also means that people in domestically abusive relationships aren't leaving because they can't mm. afford to leave. So it has like such a true yeah. effect on how it affects people. That's so interesting. And like, I think the point about how like, it does speed up the process. <laughs> so like, <laughs> do you think that like, honestly people think, wow, like, life is expensive. Let me try to settle down, boy. Like, yeah, me... literally. <laughs> and like, luckily, I don't know about you, I live at home. Yeah. So I don't have that pressure of, um, I need to find someone to split the bills with because I live at home. I don't pay bills. <laughs> I don't pay bills. So, yeah. yeah, I can only imagine what it's like. The things that my friends, like how much my friends pay for bills right now yeah, is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's crazy, I right know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy now. I, like, and if you think about it, it's actually like a privilege that like, um, you can still be at home. Because yeah. obviously, um, not everybody has that, um, I guess, privilege to like have a healthy enough um relationship with your parents yeah. to stay at home yeah. and just to be at home but yeah like um you do save a lot um in my house to be fair i do pay some of the bills but it. it's still a lot easier than being yeah. renting it's out like, in london do you know what yeah, i mean it's like i'll contribute to like food electricity yeah and stuff like that but that is literally so small compared to what i'd be paying if i was out um, and yeah, you touched on an interesting point because a lot of people say, especially people of colour, mm. they say living at home, you pay the bills in your mental health. Right? <laughs> I see a lot of that, yeah. And luckily I don't do that. Like, yeah. my mum's very lenient, I would say, yeah. compared to like other people. Because I know other people are forced to move out, not because they want to, because they don't have a good relationship with their parents. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And, um, and in the element of like um, um, leniency that you touched on, mm-hmm. Like over the years, how would you say like it's changed with your parents? Because I've I've seen quite a big shift. Like so, like with my dad, as you get older, he doesn't like you just do whatever really in the house, come at home, um, every time you want. Um, would you say it's a shift that you've also seen that over the years as you get older, it's just like a natural responsibility type of thing? Um, yeah. So it's literally it was just me and my mum. Okay. Um, and it used to be my sister, and then she moved out. But yeah, my mum has always been like I felt as I got older. I realised that she was way more lenient than I thought she was. I thought she was stricter when I was younger. But okay. no, like, my mum is just, like... Even I was saying that yesterday, that like, my mum literally, whenever she leaves, I always jokingly say, I'm going to have a house party. She's like, okay. She's so chill about so many things. Like, I still think when you live at home, it still feels like... Not that you're a child, but there's still this aspect of this isn't my home. Mm. But it's not that deep for me to move out just yet. Yeah, but yeah. I would like to do it. But it's, it's, not, it's not pressing. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's, not that deep. it's not that deep. Yeah, yeah. I want us just to touch on um, reading oh, yeah. because I know it's something you speak about, and it's something that um, I also enjoy doing as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, like um, you've also, um, you've always kind of been about vocal about like um, reading um, non-fiction or both fiction, mm-hmm. and your opinions on that. Um, what would you say like is your main driver? Um, Behind the statement of um, reading non-fiction is actually as important as reading fiction. Um, what would you say that is your um, point of view and, and like, why you said that? Um, I feel like because a lot of the a lot of people I know that only read fiction, they're very proud about the fact that they only read fiction. They, yeah. just, they kind of think they're better than people that read non-fiction. Yeah. Um, 
fiction is great. I, I read both. Like, fiction is great. Like, it's amazing to be able to read a story and get lost in a story. However, non reading nonfiction is very important for understanding the world. Yeah, you live in, yeah. Yeah. It, understanding the world, but then also having the language to understand the world, because I think fiction allows you to understand the world, but nonfiction gives you the language to kind of to kind of articulate the way that the world is, if mm, that makes sense. Yeah. So... For example, Chimamanda's book about um, oh my god, I forgot Biafra, okay. yeah, um, which is called Half a Yellow Sun. That's a great introduction into Biafra. But I feel like if you want to learn the meat of Biafra, you need to read a non-fiction book or like watch a documentary so you can understand the history. What is Biafra, by the way? Biafra. Biafra. I'm not Biafra. Civil war. Ibo civil war. Like civil war between Ibo and how's the no, how's the people? Um, and I read a book about that. Um, oh, what was the book called? Um, my brother, he recommended it to me a few years ago. It, um, it was about the Igbo like tribal war. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but um, I read that book, but I'm not sure it was called Biafra though. But yeah, yeah, go, yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, the civil war in Nigeria and like, okay, yeah, like late 1960s. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was basically just about that, and it was really interesting because that was my first introduction. Yeah. Into it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. Um. I guess with me, with like fiction and non-fiction, I've always, obviously, my like introduction to reading was kind of non-fiction, so a lot of like self-help books, mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed. And also, I'm quite big on like the biographies. Yeah. So if like someone that like I'm inspired by, um, in whatever um industry it might be, so I've read like um Will Smith's biography, I've read um Kevin Hart's biography. Um, a few others as well. Um, so I'm kind of like, I like to like hear about your journey, how you got into the, your space, how you, what the challenges you came up against, how you mm-hmm. built, how you grew. That's, um, it's something that I really enjoy. But over the past few years, I've also dabbled in um, fiction as well. Mm-hmm. So you might have read this book. Have you read the book called um, The Other Black Girl? Oh yeah, I people hate it. <laughs> you, you don't like it? I, lo- I liked it. But I people, enjoyed it. People hated it. Have you watched the um, movie of it? No. Well, the series of it, sorry. I haven't, have you? Series is really good. Really? Series is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it's interesting because men tend to only read self-help books. Yeah, you guys are honest about that. How it's come you guys are like... Crazy. You guys kill us about this. Yeah, because... It's What's wrong so, with it? Because reading fiction, like, it's like... It's so obvious when a man doesn't read fiction because of the way that they see the world. Like, fiction... Mm. like helps you build empathy and I feel like if a lot more men read fiction they'd be more empathetic because you lot you lot <laughs> worms her brains like you speak to her man it's just like I can't believe that you're saying this because you guys only read 48 Laws of Power <laughs> and Richard Poor Dad and I literally I remember I was on when I was on Hinge I put on my profile do not match me if you read these books men, <laughs> men got triggered they were like that's mental yeah why, why, why? because that's mental. 48 Laws of Power is literally a book about how to control people Mm. Literally, has I haven't read that one yet. To be fair, I don't think yeah, I will. Yeah. I don't think I will. To be fair, so yeah, I need you to teach men to read fiction books. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's good to have um, a balance of the two because yeah. um, I'd say the self help books are important. Like, I've learned so much from like books that's about business, finances, growth, um, creativity. Like yeah. I've, um, I really enjoy those books, but at the same time, I do like diving into a world that's like, okay, this is unknown. I don't know how this is gonna end. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. But again, I was talking to a guy and he said reading fiction is a waste of time. I said, we wouldn't say that about a movie. You wouldn't say that about a TV show. It's That's true. It's, it's literally the same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. That's in a different format. But, That's yeah. so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. I've um I've always quite enjoyed it. I think it's good to find a balance. 
of course, if you enjoy one more than the other, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But just try to find a balance and try yeah, to, yeah, try to find a balance. Um, I wanted to get into some Hot Topics lineup though. So Hot Topics lineup is a uh, basically like a segment where we um, we kind of touch on a lot of the like, stories going on in the world right now mm-hmm. and kind of our point of view on it. Yeah. Um, so like during the week, um, CEM had a research and it revealed that um, almost 50% um, percent of Brits have not switched or um, opened a new bank account mm. in the last year. Mm-hmm. And um, in search of better rates, of course, isn't it? Yeah. So um, interest rates, because over the past year, well, in 2023, really, like a lot of banks were offering like, amazing rates on mm-hmm. like um, your savings accounts and so on and so forth. I wanted to ask, um, is is that something you're like keen on or like um, you think about a lot in terms of, oh, the like um, interest rates in my savings or you just kind of, um, whatever account I have is whatever I have. Whatever I have is what I have, basically. I've yeah. had the exact same. I've had the same bank account since I was 11. Okay. <laughs> I have, like, two credit cards. But I only use one, which is my Amex. And yeah. then I have, like, my Monzo, and then I have my Barclays. And that's it. So I don't really think about that. I don't think about that. Yeah. Eventually, I'm trying to save, but I think it's more important to invest. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah um, it is more important. Like, the average... I'd say the the... Average like hedge fund um, manager will tell you like all you really need in savings is like ten thousand mm-hmm. about that. Um, all your assets beyond that it should really be in um, investments and so on and so forth. But I would say like I think the interest rates things is quite interesting because like you can really like save a lot more if you just like um, have your cash in like a, a high yield and interest rate um, mm-hmm. account. Yeah. So for example, with me like in the past year I switched over to. Um, um, I can't again. That West, oh, they nice. were offering like six point seven percent. Oh, nice. And that's like Barclays were offering like um one point five, one point seven. I was like, <laughs> you can like, increase your savings by so much, and all you got to do is just open an account. So that's yeah, something that like a lot of people don't. Mm. Yeah, they have like a um uh, a digital um um regular saver, okay. and it's like a high yield interest. I was like, like a lot of people just don't. Um, switch because of like you think it takes a lot of time or yeah, you just can't be bothered yeah. but like you do see like a lot of gains from it yeah, yeah it's quite interesting I'll actually look into that because I do have a NetWest account that I opened it eight like when I was in uni but I've never used it yeah so, yeah yeah it's quite interesting still mm. um how did you feel about the news about the um side hustle tax did you know about it yeah <laughs> that's absolutely disgusting mm. like this government wants us to die like unless <laughs> like it's Crazy. I've used Vinted a couple of times, as most people do, to sell things and to buy things. And yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous that you can't... I now have to tell them when yeah. I've got a tenner from trainers. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, what's going to happen, essentially, the, like, all the sites that you mentioned, like um, Vinted and so on and so forth, have to basically share um, information with HMRC if um, people are like um, operating as traders, so mm-hmm. buying um, with the intent to sell. So they're like the um average person won't have to like or i should say won't be in trouble with this tax laws mm-hmm. but it's just more about like why are you so like um pressed about but i guess if you're someone who's trading and like um you buy with the intent to sell then i guess it is fair that you do um and encounter those tax but if there's a person who's shot in things that in the back garden and yeah. stuff and it's just like is it the threshold like one thousand pounds yeah yeah so it may over um a thousand pound. I didn't want to ask though, are you someone who's quite um big on like 
um, like getting rid of your own things and for um, cash? Oh, I should be. I have so many things that I don't use. Like because, my, yeah, like... My old MacBook, I really need to sell it, but it's yeah. literally dead. I just find it's so much admin. I'm not good enough at, like... Yeah. All the things that I have, like, even um old clothes as well. I'm not yeah. good enough at that, getting rid of it. Clothes, I just give to charity. If it's, like, if I feel like it's not worth selling, I'll give it to charity. Yeah. Um, or, like, some clothes I found that... It's not that I don't want to wear it, it's that I need to get it tailored. Mm. So I'll get it tailored instead of actually selling it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually love a clear out, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, there's a lot going on. I would say, like... Yeah, like, sites like Vinted and um, a few of the other ones. Um, what's the other big one? Depop, isn't it? Depop. Yeah. So Depop, eBay. Yeah. The big ones. I think um, I have to get a bit, like, better at that, like, putting it out there and, and yeah. um, make some money from it. Um, also... Um, what's your thoughts on like AI? Because there was an interesting article in um, the FT during this week, mm-hmm. and so um, it'll be some research, mm-hmm. and it said that like um, a quarter of all CEOs around the world um, think that AI is gonna um, shrink the workforce by five percent. Mm. So um, essentially, a lot of jobs—well, not a lot of jobs, but like a fair amount of jobs—they mm-hmm. um, expect they're gonna be sh- um, shortened during this year. Um, how do you feel about AI, like, and it's, like, implementation in the workforce? I feel like AI is weird, um, but I feel <laughs> like I've only really encountered AI in terms of pictures. Like, mm. the fake pictures, they help, like, they really freak me out. But as a writer, it is obviously a bit scary because mm. I know that there are a lot of publications that have used, introduced AI into the workplace yeah. just to um, get articles out quicker. And, yeah, it's a bit, like... It's a bit strange. Like, I don't really like AI, if I'm being honest. Because yeah. I feel like it is going to replace a lot of writers' jobs because now a lot of publications just want to churn out. Churn out, story after story. Yeah, so... That's so interesting. I think I think it has is a few positives that I've seen from it is for, like, um, apps like... Um, what's that name? ChatGBT, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where, like, you can get so much information, like, in, like, in a matter of seconds, and it can really be helpful. I'm it could it. it. could help with, like, um, job interviews or just, like, research. And it's like, oh, um, quite often, like, you can use it for, like, a, a cover letter. You know, um, with uh, cover letters are so jarring, like, yeah. so long for no reason, right? Yeah. Like, you can literally say, I'm applying for a position that, hey, this role, and this title, mm-hmm. I've done this, this, and this. Create a great cover letter. I mean, within that yeah. five seconds, you have a sick cover letter. I actually, you know what? I've, <laughs> never, I've never used ChatGPT because I just feel like it's going to make me lazy. <laughs> and yeah. I actually like writing cover letters. Oh, you like it? Oh, yeah. God. I hate cover letters. But you know what? It's because like, I'm very much a quantity over quality person when it comes to the job applying. So I don't apply for a lot, I apply for the few. Oh, okay. That makes and sense. I'm so intentional with the way that I write them. Maybe yeah. I'll try it and see if it does. Yeah, yeah, easy. yeah. But yeah. Um, it's quite nice stuff like that. And, um, in the research, it did say that the um, industries that are going to be um, most highly impacted are media, mm-hmm. entertainment, and banking. Oof. It's quite interesting. See, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I guess it's like, do you think there's an element of like, as being a part of a workforce, mm-hmm. do you think there's an element of like having to evolve with the times? And like, if you don't, you could get um, left behind. Yeah, that definitely is the case, especially in journalism, I would say. Mm. It's changed significantly in the past couple of years. So that's why I said, like, I'm a bit worried for the media landscape with the introduction of AI, because I think it's just going to replace a lot of people's jobs. Yeah, and 
And it's interesting, yeah, because like, and with all those jobs um, shortages, like, where do you end up turning to? Exactly. If you can't find a role, you know what I mean? Um, There's been so many um, publications that have shut down in the past week. Yeah. Really, really sad. So. That's actually true, actually. Um, in the past year, a lot of, um, like, you know those online-based um, papers that are, like, fun and lifestyle-y? Like, um, a lot of those have had to, like, stop as well. It's yeah. called funding, yeah. LA Times this week as well. Yeah. Um, Business Insider layoffs. The other day, this like I think there was three last week. Like it's a lot and it's very scary and it's very um daunting for people trying to get into mm. the industry. Yeah. So, How do you see the future of like journalism actually? Was, nah, I think, <laughs> nah, I, nah, I think about it. I feel like they're just gonna make every I feel like people are just gonna be forced to become content creators because that is what they're I've, That's I've seen a lot of publications do. Like at my last workplace they were getting us to go on camera and speak about our articles because everything is going video vertical. I see other publications doing the same thing. So That's true. I don't know if I feel that positively about journalism right now. Like I want it to be rescatched. <laughs> yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah. I've seen a big shift of so, um the Athletic is like a football based um newspaper. They literally have like on their um TikTok it's literally a page of where the writers will speak about um all the uh, reports that they've written and and to be fair it's quite an engaging way and I would say is I think it's like adaptive of the times like we're in a very like video first and social first time right now so they just like adaptive it's it. just gonna make people lazy and not read and go back yeah. to the article because they've just they just heard it yeah they've heard it in two minutes <laughs> and it just takes away the nuance of it yeah I, that is yeah, true I don't, I don't like it because it's like there's content creators and there's journalists and I feel like now there is a conflation of yeah. the two that is interesting because that's really interesting because you know when like you think about it's really submerged now because it's like you could say um, for example like a lot of um, presenters and influencers now are kind of doing the role of a journalism like edging into it mm-hmm. slightly and slightly and to be fair I guess it's an open field for people to go and if yeah. you enjoy something, you enjoy something, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I do feel like the quote unquote journalists will get the short end of the stick in that Absolutely. divide. Yeah. So it's not a coincidence that I'm on TikTok right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a coincidence because I can already see where it's heading. And I feel like, like you, you said, gotta, if you don't jump on it, you get ahead of the game. Yeah, you get yeah, behind. Yeah. But I, um, I do like enjoy that though because I feel like um, I would say the positive of it is that you know when you, you read an article mm-hmm. by a journalist, there's only so much of the journalist's points of views and opinions that you really get because it's, it's only 400, 500, 800 words. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know when you see them on camera and they speak about it and they share their points of views, you, you get a lot more from the reporter. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to build a bit of, I would say, um, the rapport, you know, yeah. the person who wrote that story. So I would yeah, say that element of it, you do get the... Yeah. Um, you do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I like. Even now that I've, I'm doing my series, I think it's nice for people because they're actually seeing what the face looks like behind the article. Yeah, like I that. think that's good. I think so that's I big. Think, yeah, yeah I think that's, big. that's quite good. I think it also helps with like your personal brand as well mm-hmm. in terms of like, okay, like um, you kind of, you build a catalogue of like, okay, this is what I've done. This mm-hmm. is where like I've done. So I think it is um quite important still. Um, are there any great um TV shows that you've watched recently? Actually, um, what have I been watching? Succession. Okay, what's that about? It's basically about a family, well, yeah, a family that own a media corporation. Um, okay. And, like, the dad of the, f- the kids of the family basically trying to get into the media corporation and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So on the second season of that, 
what else I'm watching? The Bear, um, which is about cooking and a chef. Okay. I love reality TV. Mm. So I'm watching Married to Medicine. Which is about I hate reality TV. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, I love it. Did you watch that, Alan? I used to. Okay, okay. It's, it's okay, too perfect. many now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too many. It's, it's um, too frequent. Married to Medicine, which is about doctors' wives okay. in America. Very interesting. Real Housewives of everything. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real Housewives of... No, not Atlanta. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, mm. Beverly Hills. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I am so. Oh my god! So I recently watched a documentary on Netflix. It was about World War Two. Okay. I really enjoyed it. All right. Like I didn't know World War Two bad. Like I remember my yeah. ancient history bad right now, man. I mean, you're gonna get sent to war soon. <laughs> <laughs> you oh yeah. Been, oh yeah. You, you see off. that? Oh god. You, you, think, you, you think that's actually real, or you, you think that's come, come on you? Who has time? They yeah. don't have money. Like, yeah, yeah. Got better things to be focused yeah, on. To be yeah, fighting yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, um, the World War Two documentary was really good because how they did it, they um, all the footage of World War Two, they like um, modernized it and okay. put in um, like it made it like fresh and you got the like sense of how it actually was at the time. Okay. I really enjoyed it, man. It was really, really good. I think it was stories from World War Two or okay. from the front lines of World War Two. Really, really good. Like, okay, I are you? And you hear like a lot of the um, stories of people who actually fought in the war, mm-hmm. um, families in the war, mm-hmm. and like I'm thinking like, wow, people who fought in the 1940s are obviously um, a lot of the interviews might have been from earlier, mm-hmm. and they used it for the documentary, of yeah. course. But it's like, wow, like imagine you fought in World War Two and like you're still around. Like this is um, it's Doctor Hair about that. Mm-hmm. Have you got like um, any family members who are like um, quite old who may have like experienced some like big events in the past, or well, not really? <laughs> I don't from my side, but yeah, not from my side. I don't think so. I feel like everyone luckily has avoided all of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, actually, no. Um, my dad's dad helped write letters to the Belgium government to um get us to get help Congo get independent. So oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, now that on the topic of age, actually, like, and um, me, and my friends, and we sometimes um we talk about this as well. What age um would you like to live up to in terms of like Oof. that age was like I'm fine with going that age 100 100 you want to go 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go 100 man really 100 is too much no there are some 100 there's some adults who are 100 years old that are still alive and kicking like <laughs> I feel like 105 is just a bit too much but 100 uh, because I don't know nowadays like people who are like in their like mid 80s mm-hmm. it's kind of like life is a bit if they retire here, if you go home, <laughs> yeah, true, so that's so true. You know, I think here, like people who get to like late seventies, eighties, like you start to feel the toll of it. Like, you, yeah. like you see the toll of it on them. Mm-hmm. It's just, I guess, a um, nature of the country you live in, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's quite interesting. Um, a new um a segment that we're gonna introduce um before we wrap up, yeah, is um, is there anybody? It could be a creative. A fellow writer, a business owner, um, anything mm-hmm. that you'd like to see on this sofa for the next episode. Oh. It could be anybody. It could be business owner, someone's interesting, an artist that you'd like to that you'd like to see um, on the sofa for like a upcoming episode before mm-hmm. we wrap up. My friend Ope, he um, owns a magazine called The Floor. He's quite interesting. Ooh. So you should interview him. Okay. Yeah. Ope from The Floor. Okay. Yeah. And um. You have the magazine. Um, what did it talk about? I guess we'll ask him that, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask him. 
<laughs> we'll ask him that. We'll ask him that. But um, thank you for your time for coming on. Um, it was a great episode to really get into the industry, how it is, and of course, um, all the other areas that we explored as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any um, every social that you like to um, let's get at? Yeah, I'm the same everywhere basically. Habib, yeah, Habiba Catcher Twitter, Habiba Catcher TikTok, Habcat on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. nice, nice, nice. Well, of course, guys, if you um enjoyed the episode, um, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. Of course, we have more episodes coming through. We've got more um interesting conversations to have. Until next time, man. Have a blessed week. Peace. <laughs>